You are about to enter the Create Unknown, and make sure to follow us over at patreon.com slash thecreateunknown. Hey, welcome to the Create Unknown. I am Kevin Lieber. With me, as always, is Matthew Tabor. Matt, I need you to tell me something. Okay, I've got something, and it's actually related to this episode a little bit. I have some advice for you. I have some advice for everybody. All right. Uh, do you want the Do you want the advice or, first, or do you want to know where it comes from? Uh, let's go uh, advice first. Okay. The advice here is to wash your hands frequently, carry hand sanitizer, avoid touching your face, and maintain social distance in public gatherings. That's pretty sensible stuff, isn't it? Yeah, I think that those are my life tenants you just mapped out. <laughs> yeah, other than carrying hand sanitizer. I do that. Which, Matt, I do that. Do you really? I'm, I, don't, I, I do that when I'm traveling. Uh, I don't do it like at home. Like I'm not carrying. Okay, look, I do have hand sanitizer in my car. And when I get back into my car, uh, I use it. And then when I'm traveling, I keep it in my pocket um, at all times. Yeah. I sanitize nothing. Okay. <laughs> I mean, my my mindset is that wherever I am, my hands are probably the cleanest thing in that place. So it can only get worse if uh, if I touch anything. So and I and I don't need to sanitize. You know what's already. What's already Santa? Wait, wait, wait. Where are you, anyway, where, where are you hanging out? Like sewers? <laughs> I don't want to talk about. <laughs> uh, but but anyway, this advice comes from a very reputable source, um, a leader of, of public health opinion, uh, and that is that is Tinder. This is the this is the. The public service announcement that Tinder put out because according to them, your well-being is our number one priority. They say Tinder's a great place to meet new people. Well, we want you to continue to have fun. Protecting yourself from coronavirus is more important. Here are some tips to keep in mind. And, and that's what it was. So um, Tinder's really out there looking out for you. They've got your back when you're when you're swiping right with reckless abandon and then meeting up it, it, with more reckless abandon. But 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 for some reason, defying the purpose, I believe, of that app and and keeping your your distance, stay like you know six feet apart at all times. Uh, maybe it'll be that's like right. Demolition Man, where you you know you put on <laughs> like this like VR thing, and that's how you uh, you get intimate with your uh, your match. That's how you tenderize. Yeah, but it says nothing about touching somebody else's face. I mean, it says avoid touching your own. So I guess you can. Walk around just feeling cheeks, uh, and everything's going to be safe here. Just face cheeks, though. <laughs> no other cheeks. <laughs> Do they specify? <laughs> <laughs> well, they've only addressed they've only addressed face. So, so I have no idea. Um, but this uh, this really kind of elides into the topic we want to talk about, doesn't it? Which is uh, the fate of of VidCon. What's going to happen here, and and what to do depending on how it plays out. I don't know. I just got caught up by Elides, 
That what a word. How do you spell that? A L I D E S. Alides. E L I D E S. E L I D E S. Alides. Yeah, and if two things, if one kind of goes into another, it's it's an elision. Wow, it's a nice one. It's you know, it's it's one of those words that probably should should come back. Yeah, I think that we need to make that come back. I really like that. So let let me um, elide into yeah, talking about the 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 uh, the virus elephant in the room, the coronavirus, which is causing all conventions apparently uh, to be canceled or at the very least delayed. Because people are are really really concerned about that, and you know these convention owners or managers or whatever are just taking the precaution to, I suppose, in their minds, not be the convention where everyone got coronavirus. Like at the end of the day, that's got to be part of this, right? Like from a marketing campaign, does South by Southwest want to be known forever as like the source of the great U.S. pandemic? They probably don't, but you know what? There's like that stuff does stick, uh, which Legionnaire's disease got its name from exactly that. Um, there was an American Legion convention in Philadelphia in 1976, and um, that bacteria got in, I think it was in the, the, uh, like the HVAC system and, you know, pumped through this whole event. And uh, I, I don't know how many people how many people were infected from that, but because it was the Amer- American Legion convention, they, they started calling it, you know, Legionnaire's disease. Yeah. So there you um, go. So, th- so South by Southwest like, doesn't yeah. want this to become South by Southwest disease. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, it's well, first let's start with this. What do you think is going to happen? Let's get bold. Let's get bold. And, and you make a prediction. Well, I don't see this slowing down anytime soon as far as the delays and the cancellations for conventions. Those those seem like kind of the the easiest and the most obvious thing to shut down while, you know, this is being taken care of. So, um, you know, VidCon very well may be canceled. I know Inter- Internet Historian tweeted recently that he believes VidCon will be canceled. I mean, that's not until the end of June. And I've noticed that most of these conventions that are being delayed, uh, they are preparing to ha- hold in, you know, the summer, like this summer. But yeah, I mean, who knows? Right now, it's not a big deal in the US. It's just not. It, what are there? 174 or, or so known cases. And I know a lot of money is like $8 billion or something was just approved to to deal with it. But um, Grant uh, from 3Blue1Brown recently tweeted a comparison of just exponential growth with yeah. the spread of the coronavirus. And it's like a one-to-one match. So like while it is overblown and people may be overly cautious at this point, especially those who are like hoarding toilet paper or whatever – um, <laughs> I think that there is some level of like it being kind of a good idea to just do everything that you can to not lean into that exponential growth because of the way that this stuff can spread insanely fast. Are you prepping, Kevin? Have you taken any precautions here? Have you outfitted the bunker with uh, ready to eat 
meals that will last you through 2027. <laughs> yeah, the MREs uh, and yeah. and like and like a uh, five pound cans of peaches <laughs> that last like 25 <laughs> right. years. Um, I haven't. No, I have not done that. I already mentioned at the beginning of this that I already am weird about germs. I don't necessarily yeah. uh, fashion myself as a germaphobe, but at the same time, like I've read enough about how much poop is on everything, <laughs> like like <laughs> like shopping carts and stuff, where like it does gross me out when I go to this to uh, food shopping. I will use the the like the antibacterial Lysol wipes or whatever to wipe the the cart down because it's covered in poop. Everything is covered. Everything in poop, is isn't it? yeah, and and. You know, not mine, but everybody else's poop. Not not that would that be would be better make... if it was yours. <laughs> no, no, yeah, it, it wouldn't. Can you imagine? Could you imagine if I was like totally comfortable with that? Um, no, that would also be <laughs> completely disgusting. <laughs> I mean, I'm used to I, I'm used to being in so many places that just are covered in. It, I don't I don't even know what. It, all I know is that if everybody swapped out the light bulbs for black lights, it would just light up, you know, like the Northern lights, like <laughs> everything would just glow around me. Yeah. You know, I'm so used to that. You know, and I think of places like, you know, I, I'm in, uh, busy places in Las Vegas a lot. It's not practical and it's not possible for staff to wipe down and disinfect like every button of a slot machine when there are 2,700 of them in one single casino and there are like 45 of them in the city. Uh, so you just know that what you're touching is, uh, you know, been around the metaphorical block. Uh, and you don't know who's been there either. I mean, it's it, I use that as an example because it truly is people of Almost all ages, like it's Vegas and those places have an age cut off, but let's say 21 to 121 and they're coming from all over the world. So I'm, I'm so used to uh, just being in that swamp. Like I feel like I, I'm just constantly in a Petri dish anyway. And so uh, I don't, I don't get too crazy about about that stuff beyond normal precautions. You know, the one place that I, I don't, that I'm not all that comfortable being in is a hospital because I like, by definition, they are dens of sickness, right? Like this is the place where the sick people go. And so whenever I'm there, I do use the hand sanitizer on the wall, like by the elevator, you know, I, I follow all the opportunities to leave that place. Hopefully as I went in it. Um, but, but that's, you know, that's always been that way for me and has nothing to do with this, this virus. But I, I do wonder about, you know, you mentioned a couple conventions being delayed, canceled, stuff like that. Most of them are really soon. South by Southwest is upcoming. Some of the TwitchCon things, whatever upcoming. Um, we're looking at, at what, how many weeks between now and VidCon US? 10 weeks? Yeah, more than more than that. It's a, it's a while. It's the last week in June, April, I believe. Yeah, third week in June. So we've got eight, eleven, couple weeks in March. Yeah, I mean, there's almost four months here. That's a long, long time, and it means it's a long time for things to get worse. Uh, but it means it's a long time before you have to deal with the actual thing too. 
Um, well, that's what Japan said in relation to the Olympics because they're having the Olympics there this summer, and they came out right. and said that uh, you know they did shut down their schools, but but they came out and said that they weren't going to make a decision on whether or not you know the Olympics would go on until the end of May. And I'm sure that VidCon is like somewhere in that that schedule as well. You know, I don't think they're they're canceling this tomorrow or the next day. Um, I want to ask you though, when you're in Vegas, like before you eat, do you make sure that you wash your hands like really thoroughly before you eat something there? Uh, no, I, I really don't. That's amazing to I me. I just don't. And you don't you 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 don't get sick. Like how often are you sick? No, I'm uh not very often at all. Um. Last year, I got sick for the first time in memory. You know, when I, I couldn't go to E3. You remember that was the game time decision? Oh, yeah. Where, like, literally the day of the flight, I, I'm telling you, I'm so sorry, I can't do this. And then I had to, you know, go to the hospital and it was nothing too serious. You know, I got my round of pills and whatever. And in a week, I was, like, serviceable. Um, but that that's the only time in a long time that I've had like a communicable problem. I'm okay with, you know, dirt and stuff like that. And, uh, also I'm not, I'm not in anything high risk ever. You know, if I, if I were a, a nurse or a doctor or something, uh, then I probably have a very different attitude. If I'm a teacher and I'm around you know, 180 grubby kids every day, then I probably have a different attitude. Um, if I worked in some kind of in-person customer service, think of the number of interactions you have throughout the course of a day. And then I would also probably have a different attitude. But, um, you know, I have the like hermit privilege. That's what comes into play here. <laughs> That's how I feel privilege. about this whole thing of of Webia people taking all these precautions. I'm like, <laughs> I just live that way anyway. Uh, <laughs> I only go, you know, outside the house if I have to go to an event, right? Or like some sort mm -hmm. of um, thing that I really have to be at a meeting or something where I really have to, you know, fly to LA or something. Um, or yeah, just like your general kind of like shopping sort of stuff. But otherwise, sure. like I am the poster child for uh, safety in regards to the coronavirus. <laughs> like not <laughs> well, What do you think pandemics. happens? You know, we, we talk about whether it, uh, whether it could be delayed, canceled, et cetera. I, I don't know what solutions there would be beyond those two things. I do hope nobody gets the bright idea of like a live stream of VidCon. My God, what a horrible thing that would be. Can you imagine if they just did a series of live streams? No, no, no. That's because that's not the point of VidCon. I mean, nobody goes to no. VidCon for VidCon. They go to VidCon for the people. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's the only reason to go. And it would be it would be a horrible thing if it were canceled just because, okay, like a comic con is canceled. Do you have any idea how many comic cons there are? Literally all over yeah, the the world, all over the the United States, all throughout the year. I mean, comic cons are like yeah. ubiquitous. You could probably find one every weekend somewhere, and probably many within like reasonable driving distance. VidCon is really look at what Justin Silverman said that twice a month he's at some kind of convention, 
Exactly. You know? And he, and he's not even like a convention guy. It's just kind of a sidebar to his job that it's important, but it's not like he's making it a point to go to every one. And he's still going to 25 a year. So between the video game stuff and the comic con stuff, um, there's just, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. The, U- the U.S. is a big place with a lot of big cities. There's always something going on. And, and, and the things that Justin is going to all relate to Screenwave media. So he's going to that many conventions in which like elements of Screenwave, I- I'm assuming mostly on the gaming side, are relevant and that like they need to have a presence there. So that just goes to show you like how much of this there is that's going on. So on one hand, like I'm sure a lot of people are really upset that some of these are being delayed. Uh, on the other hand, I think of VidCon being like the one thing a year for YouTubers to go to. It really is. Like yes. there's Playlist Live, and I know a handful of people who went to that uh, recently. That's in Orlando. Jack Douglas goes pretty much every year, I think. I saw Goss and Eddie and. I think Jakey was there, but that's, it's not the event. It, that's like a thing to go. Right. It's like the other thing you can go to if you want to hang out with your YouTube friends. But VidCon is the one thing that seemingly everyone goes to. I think it's well-timed too. I mean, I think there are a lot of reasons that happens. So one is that you know, let's be honest, not very many YouTubers are pulling in so much cash that they can just slam down the expense to get to L.A., L.A. to Anaheim, um, pay for hotels, Airbnbs in the Disney sphere, which if you're unfamiliar with with exactly where VidCon is, it's literally like a mile from Disney. Walking distance. Uh, the convention center is. Yeah, walking distance. Yeah, it's it's very, very close. So uh, there are a lot of places to stay, but you can imagine it's it's not bargain basement prices. Uh, so you're getting there, you're throwing down for the accommodations. Um, you gotta, you gotta eat. A man's gotta eat, you know, <laughs> and that just adds up over five days. Uh, you got to get around too because VidCon is always in the summer and it's usually seven or eight thousand degrees there. And it's nice to take uh, take some Ubers now and again so that you're not squirching your skin uh, walking from place to place. Now, all this stuff adds up and it can be very expensive. And so, um, you know, when when there are people who have full time jobs making content, they've you know, it's it's part of the budget. It's like the one business expense each year. Right. So that's just you just factor that in. But. Most people are not full-timers. Most people are not uh, working for a a media company or uh, just relying on YouTube for 100% of their livelihoods. So for the other 99% of people who are, you know, like hobbyists types, um, you can't do this. You can't go to 25 conventions a year. You know, you have to make one decision about uh where you want to go you probably can't go to two go to the big one you know you probably can't go to two you really probably can only afford to go to one yeah absolutely and uh, you know you're looking at uh the timing and schedules too like there are a lot of college kids uh, and even high schoolers who have really popular youtube channels well you know yes i understand that playlist is good um you know uh, 
I don't know. I've never been. I probably won't go. Uh, it's it's a little bit of a more youthful scene than I probably <laughs> you know want to jump into. Uh, but uh, when was that? It was in February, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a few weeks ago, I believe. Who's got time in February? Who can do this? Like, I understand it would match up with some people's like winter break kind of thing, but there are a lot of people who are working. There are a lot who are still in classes in college. There are a lot in high school who are in class. Well, VidCon is uh, pretty friendly. I mean, it's always been very friendly with being held in July because nobody's doing anything in July, you know, as a demographic. Um, now that it's bumped up to June, a lot of kids in uh, high school kids uh, and people with with kids in, you know, K through 12 schooling in the Northeast, places like New York, they're still in school. So, you know, we know people who want to go and can't because they have finals and stuff during them, you know, so they just get out a lot later. But most people are still going to be able to go. Um, so you've got the big event. Uh, you've got the the one kind of prime time thing where you know you're going to be able to see pretty much everybody you want to see, uh, talk to the people you want to talk to, and it's schedule friendly. What's number two? Because I don't think there is one, right? So you've got this one thing and we're faced with the prospect of that thing going away or getting delayed into, let's say it's October. Well, it's severely going to cut the number of people who can go. Yeah, absolutely. And it'll be interesting to see if that happens. I, I mean, I think that we all hope that it doesn't, but VidCon has, has also just changed so much over the years. I mean, as all things do, obviously, but it used to, it really is a lot more fun now, I think, than it, than it used to be. I think maybe just as it's gotten bigger and more people kind of like in our demographic or like interest level show up to it now, because let me tell you, VidCon used to be nothing and I mean almost nothing but younger kids who were obsessed with – I'm trying to think of like who they were like really big fans of back then. But it it, it was mostly like honestly like 12-year-old girls would go to VidCon. Yeah. That was like 80% of who was walking around. And like <laughs> – you know, like I don't have anything against 12-year-old girls. However, they're certainly not my fans and they're not like who I want to hang out with. So – it was always not like really a whole lot of fun to go to VidCon. You know, I would go for the panels and just to be involved on like the industry side. But other than hanging- And you get to see people who you otherwise don't, you know, get to see very often. Like other- Yeah, other but people not a lot though. Yeah, yeah, it was like a really small group of people that I would see though is what I'm saying. Like obviously I'd hang out with Michael and, and Jake and maybe some EDU YouTubers like Derek- you know, Veritasium, um, you know, Diana, Physics Girl, Destin, Smarter Every Day. But, sure. you know, they've been going forever. But now there's this whole other group of, of creators who go to VidCon as kind of like they're like not going there to go to the convention, not going there to be involved in like industry panels and not going there to necessarily make business connections. Now VidCon has yeah. this 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 whole subsection of people who go to it just to hang out with each other and to me that's made it a lot a lot cooler and a lot more fun and a lot more interesting to go to <laughs> i i remember last year i went to uh i went to a party at night that there were probably 
30 people there and all of them, all of them, you know, were, were YouTubers. It was not, a, you know, not, a, not a fan thing, whatever. Um, and I just gotten there and somebody, somebody was like, Oh, uh, what'd you do today? Like, would you, would you go and see I'm like, well, I don't know. Would you go see, you know, uh, they're like, no, I was asking you because I, I don't go to any of this. Uh, you know, so I was just curious what happened at the actual convention. Like we've been hanging out here all day and there were maybe like six or seven people kind of in the circle and they started piping up and over like two thirds of them didn't even get a community pass or ticket to go to VidCon. They just came to Anaheim to hang out during VidCon. So it's like going to, uh, uh, it, it, like tailgating a football game, but not actually going into the game. <laughs> it's exactly like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly like that. <laughs> and it was that. awesome. It's a, it's an incredible time. And I don't think that a lot of those people lost a lot by not getting a pass. I mean, the creator pass is cool because you can, uh, you know, you can get away from the mobs and and run into some people who whose content you watch, and there's some really good uh, discussions and stuff like that. Like that's that's totally worth it. But if you don't want to do that, um, you know, community pass is is limited, uh, and the the real fun is is hanging out with people. Uh, so that's that's cool. But my question, so let's operate on the assumption that that this will go forward. Okay. Let's say it's happening uh, and there's no indication that we'll deviate from that. Do you think few do you think that that attendance will suffer not just on on the the community side, um the fan side, but do you think people with channels are not going to bother or purposely stay away? Oh well, it's hard to predict that just cuz you don't know what the landscape of the coronavirus situation will be like at that point. But, you know, let's say does get worse. Let's say that instead of, you know, 200 cases, there are 2000. I mean, look, California is one of is is only second to Washington currently in the number of cases that have been found there. And that's where VidCon is. So, it's not like VidCon is in Iowa, right? So, the location right. is important. Um, yeah, I think that people would stay away. Absolutely. I think that the media is talking about this absolutely nonstop. It's it's the headline update on Twitter every single day. You can't get no, a, you yeah. cannot get away from it. You, you literally just cannot look anywhere on TV or online without hearing about it. And like I don't care like how kind of steadfast you are in not buying into the hype of these things or you know even the hysteria perhaps of these things. It's still just in your face all the time, and it's hard to ignore. Did I tell you about making some coronavirus joke a week or two ago when I was when I was talking to Mo? Did I tell you about this? No. I wish I could remember the joke because it was good. It wasn't best of my life. It wasn't top tier material, but it was a serviceable joke. And she just kind of stared at me, and and I was like, "Hey, that that was funny." <laughs> this is not a stare reaction. Like this is a chuckle worthy joke. You know, give me a guffaw, <laughs> like, <laughs> give me a chortle of some sort. Um, and she's like, Oh, I just don't get it. Like, why was that a joke? Well, you know, it turns out after I, I talked to her for a couple minutes, she didn't know what the coronavirus was. She hadn't heard of that. Wow. How she doesn't yeah, watch I, TV or look at the internet or talk exactly. to other people. She, <laughs> 
she doesn't uh, uh, she doesn't uh, use the internet like reading news. She's not on Twitter. There's nothing like that. Uh, when she watches TV, it's never the news. She doesn't really, you know, she's not into that. Um, yeah, and I was like, wow, this is like I had this feeling. Okay, I had this feeling like like you stumble on that one in a million person. And I had this feeling once before, and I, I remember it so distinctly. I was I was playing poker at, at South Point in Las Vegas because Jose Canseco used to play there. I'm like, oh, if I hang around and play long enough, uh, there'll be a point at which Jose Canseco shows up. And, you know, like, you know, it would be cool. Um, well, you know, one of the times I get hungry and they had this little dude pushing a, a hot dog cart, like around the, the area, I'm like, I love hot dogs. <laughs> and I, <laughs> there's a big sign. There's 75 cents. That's awesome. If I can get a hot dog for 75 cents, I'm in. So I get in line and this guy in front of me was seriously Yoda level old. He was so old and it was actually really cool. Cause he was dressed like kind of like he, he was an extra in Mad Men. And I think he just bought this great suit in 1960 and he's just been riding that thing ever since. Um, but he yelled to his son. He's like, get over here. They, they got hot dogs for six bits. It's only six bits. And I'm like, six bits. Oh my God. Yeah. Two bits is 25 cents. So it just hit me like, this is the last time in my natural life that I will ever hear somebody refer to a price in bits and not do it like as a gag or ironically. Like this dude was literally pricing hot dogs in bits, <laughs> you know, two, you know, two bits, four bits, six bits, a dollar was the saying. Why? Right? What are bits? I don't understand. It just, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you'd call it slang, but yeah. Two bits is a quarter, four bits is 50 cents. Like my parents would say it every once in a while, kind of in a funny throwback way, mm -hmm. but I'd never heard anybody actually use it. And this guy was like flailing down like his arms and tracking down his son to get six bit hot dogs. Like this is an incredible moment that's never going to happen again. And I felt that same, that same way when I'm like, I've met the one person who, who hasn't been in a coma, but still doesn't know what the coronavirus is. <laughs> 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 it was yeah that was really funny though but i mean it, not everybody is is concerned and i think the the draw of young people too i mean you talk about the hordes of like middle school kids that make up vidcon i mean it's still like that for the most part most everybody there is pretty young yeah there aren't a lot of uh, yodas like uh yelling about six-bit hot dogs at vidcon no, no, there should be though. I wish there were 75 cent hot dogs. We're the Yodas and at not VidCon, like, basically. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> the balding Yodas uh, <laughs> around all the Padawans. Uh, but I, I do think that it's, it's tough to compare events though. You know, and I think about something like, like a South by Southwest, uh, where that's, that's a, a younger game too, but it's, it's a lot of people our age. A lot of people our age. I actually don't know uh, a whole lot of very young people who go to that. So you look at something where with this, you know, we, I don't think we know a tremendous amount about the exact situation of this virus, but we do know that the older the demographic, the more susceptible you are to being affected quite badly, including death, right? 
So we talk about VidCon where it's it's a gaggle of of you know very young people who statistically are the least at risk for this. Mm-hmm. So does that factor in? Does that factor into how they proceed? I don't think it factors into how like the 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 operators of VidCon proceed. Uh, no. I mean, I don't think so because I mean, younger people can still get it. It just seems as though the symptoms are a lot milder. It seems like the the younger people's immune systems, for whatever reason, are more robust in handling it. But I mean, if there's an outbreak, there's an outbreak, and that's a PR nightmare for you know whomever and 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 wherever that happens. But you know, obviously, like it would be much worse at the adult diaper convention. <laughs> Or, or like like the dentures <laughs> convention <laughs> where like everybody is like 75 years old and um i mean we laugh about it but it it's sad that's 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 literally the case in washington where the outbreak was at uh some sort of like retirement facility or some sort yeah. of like it doesn't like get old much worse folks than that. home and, and and all of these older people have compromised immune systems for you know, any number of reasons just from old age and it, it's right. so, so, so deadly. So um, I, I think that the media is obviously playing a, a large role in this. I know that Elon Musk tweeted something recently that had like a million likes last that I looked at it. That was something in the ballpark of like this coronavirus stuff is dumb. He said something like that. It was pretty dismissive of the height, yeah. I think, surrounding it. But uh, yeah, I think it's more complex than that. I mean, I, I think it depends on how you look at it. And if you look at it and say, is this a threat to humanity? The answer is probably no. And I think that's what he's thinking here is that, you know, he's looking at it and saying, this is. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh no. Coronavirus. Oh no. Dude. Oh. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you get for not washing your hands <laughs> so, so i think he's i think uh, elon musk is is saying like hey don't worry about this wiping out all life on earth you know it's not that level of freak out but there's a lot of stuff that really becomes a problem okay and i and and that's uh, what I would I would call like ancillary services and effects and just this kind of stuff on the periphery. So let's say, number one, if there's any kind of problem and it's way more than than public services are used to, then it's a serious issue. I mean, if you take a broken arm, this is not a public health problem. It's not a difficult thing to fix. Uh, but if the hospital in a town of 5,000 people all of a sudden had 500 people coming in with broken arms, it would overwhelm that hospital. They would not be able to deal with it in a timely fashion. Uh, there would be a lot of problems with that. They would run out of all sorts of supplies. Uh, it would strain their ability to deal with other cases in the hospital or anybody else who came in. What if you've got some other problem and you walk into the waiting room and, and it's loaded with broken arms? Like, what the hell are you going to do, right? So the disruption of services and things as simple as as logistics on trucking and transportation, uh, you know, delivering food to grocery stores and stuff like that. Like, it's the 
it's that stuff on the periphery that I think has a very real chance to be to be affected. Okay, and we're seeing all sorts of freakouts about shortages on you know toilet paper in stores and this and that. Well, like that, I don't think it's a big deal really, but it indicates what can happen, right? Where uh, Paper towels, uh, the the access to paper towels easily um, becomes disrupted by this thing. So that's a very real thing. And I think it matters when you're talking putting 25 or 30,000 people in one place for a week or more than that. You know, South by Southwest takes over a, a big section of Austin for like a solid 10 days. That's huge. It's huge. And that's affecting not just the the attendees, but the people who are providing, you know, food and services and this and that, like they know this is going to be a hot time of year. The trickle down on all this stuff is tremendous and very important. And expensive. So probably, I mean, yeah. think of how much it's costing yeah. the, the the tourism economy in, in – where is South by Southwest? Austin? Austin, yeah. Um but you know, when you think about it from the operator's point of view, yeah, we don't have any coronavirus in Texas. Let's invite fifty thousand people from all over the country and all over the world to Texas for ten days, and you know, hopefully, nothing bad happens. Like I get, yeah, let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, like I, I get why they would <laughs> cross be, your fingers. Yeah, and hope that a gigantic outbreak doesn't occur. I don't get the toilet paper thing though. Does coronavirus give you diarrhea? Why are people uh, freaking out about toilet paper not being available? I think they're stocking up on so, – so toilet papers are really – like like I'm not going to go in the technical terms in terms of economic goods on this. Maybe you should. But think about toilet paper. <laughs> no, because it would take like 20 minutes. But they're – you know, it's, it's, it's a great item because it is uh, fairly cheap, right? Um, it's something you know you're going to use every day. Um, and if you don't, somebody in your household will. So it's it's a necessity there. It's not going to go bad. It just can't. It goes even beyond like non-perishable food. I mean, if I had to eat something that was 50 years old out of a can uh, versus if I had to make a choice between eating canned 50-year-old food and using 50-year-old toilet paper – I probably opt for the toilet paper in terms of safety because like, honestly, what could go wrong? It's not like I read an old book and then like wonder what's going to happen to my fingers. You know, like it just ages well. What's the worst case scenario here? You have a bunch of toilet paper that you're absolutely 100% going to use eventually anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it makes it an easy item to stock up on like that. But, you know, when you see some of the pictures too of people with like pallets of stuff at Costco and whatever, a lot of those people are like small business owners, people who are stocking up, um, number one, as they do normally, because that's just what you do. Uh, and number two, well, yeah, they're getting ahead of the game a little bit and they probably go through, you know, 30 rolls of paper towels every day. Whereas I go through like one roll of paper towels, <laughs> like every month, um, you know, so it's a little bit misleading there, but, uh, but it's people, it's people stocking a, up on things that they would have to go to the store for, uh, in the instance where they cannot go to the store. That's what, that's what that is. Cause I, I kind of just didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm not a very good prepper. On, <laughs> it's a low risk, non-perishable thing. It's low risk because you're going to use it 
anyway. You know, and that's a big difference is like seeing somebody with a cart full of toilet paper versus seeing somebody with a cart full of those five there those like one gallon cans of peaches. Mm-hmm. Well, look, that's a different story because they probably would not prefer to eat peaches every day for like <laughs> six months. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Don't you have a lot of meat though? Don't you buy like a lot of meat. crazy amounts of meat when it's on sale? Yeah, I um yeah, I I have right now I'm up to seventy pounds. I like to have <laughs> gosh a hundred pounds, about a hundred pounds of, of meat ready to go like whenever. Right. Where it's in different formats, too. So like with pork, I'll have uh, pork in uh, like four or five pound tenderloin roasts that are seasoned, ready to go. Those are going to be smoked and sliced, you know, kind of like deli meat. I like that. We're cutting to steaks. Uh, But then I'll have ground pork, too, which I can use to do something like tacos. You know, with beef, you have some beef that's cubed uh, so you can throw it in the slow cooker and have a stew. You have others that's going to be a big roast. Uh, then there's the ground beef. So you have all these formats and, you know, I don't know, six or seven pounds of each. Um, and it's seasoned and vacuum sealed and ready to go. And that's the only way that I can have a lot of different stuff and not spend half my life cooking. You know, so I'll take a day, I'll take like a Sunday and put together enough of that stuff for meals for like two months. Two um, two months because you just defrost it when you're ready to eat it. You freeze yeah. it again, you yeah. cook it and then freeze it again. Oh, no, I don't cook it. No, it's all raw. Oh. Uh, so it's all raw and I'll put it in there, but then I'll just defrost it and, and can cook it however. Def- defrost like you know, a serving size at a time? Because it's not like- uh, No, I usually do a big batch of something uh, and then eat the same thing for like three days, oh, four okay. days. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's I that's just how I like to do it because otherwise I'd spend so much time preparing that stuff every day. Uh, you know, and and it saves a lot of money too. When you take advantage of, of a sale, you know, you stock up. So like chicken was cheap a couple weeks ago. So I bought 10 pounds of chicken and ground it all up and, uh, and bagged it so I can pop out, you know, like a pound of ground chicken to make tacos. Yeah. And on the, uh, the prepping side, like if, if electricity goes out, then refrigeration goes out and you've got a period of days to deal with all of this meat. Uh, but I have so many salts and curing agents like prog powder, uh, which, you know, stuff that, that cures and makes jerky and all of that. If I had to, if I absolutely had to deal with the, uh, the meat that I've got now so that it wouldn't spoil. And I, I would be able to do that. Uh, but that's just, you know, all that stuff was in my pantry before, before this virus hit. No, I know. Like you just, I know you just do this anyway. That's why I asked, but wait, 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 how do you, how do you, uh, keep like a hundred pounds of meat from spoiling with no refrigeration? You, you cover it in spices. You would salt, you would do salt in a curing agent and then I would probably wrap it, um, like with a cheesecloth and, and I would put that all in a small shed and make that shed a smokehouse. Um, because between the curing agents and the smoke, it will preserve that meat for a very long time. So, so this meat shed is, yeah. is also slowly keeping the meat smoked. How do you do that? Uh, you smoke it until the meat is cured. And then the outside, I mean, if, if it really gets bad, like ham is a good example of this because it's a big thing. Um, if, if it's cured, it's, it's almost like it's sealed from air, 
Uh-huh. You know, nothing bad on the outside is getting in. The salt and curing agents and all of that and whatever you wrapped it with, in the past, it was like borax, which you really shouldn't eat, but it does a hell of a job at putting a protective layer on meat. You know, so flies aren't landing on it. There's no bacteria or anything like that because uh, it keeps them away, that, that coating does. So it just, uh, yeah, really just puts a like a puts it in a protective state. And then you and cut you off can, the outside and just eat like you cut off that if you need to. Yeah, yeah. You just that that it's sort of like peeling an orange. Peeling a ham. Peel peeling a meat orange. <laughs> that's gross <laughs> it is it is kind of sick but if you had to do it you know there are ways to do that I understand that if you live in an apartment your ability to uh, to smoke meat in an emergency is probably lesser <laughs> it's tough you know yeah but but uh, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away and one of the things I've been giveth is sheds sheds that I can turn into little meat factories <laughs> in a moment's notice yeah but hey, so what's the actual roundup here with what has been canceled at this point? So for disclosure's sake on this, like something very well may happen before uh, we release this episode because it takes a couple days to edit and it'll come out, you know, in a couple days. So we're talking on the weekend. We're talking on the weekend. And who knows what news is going to drop Monday? So we may be outdated here. But at this point, what has happened? What do we know that's been canceled, delayed, whatever? Uh, South by Southwest was, I think, probably the highest profile, biggest one. There was uh, a TwitchCon, which I believe was in Amsterdam, uh, that was affected. There was also a, a Minecraft convention that was uh, affected, and the Emerald Did City- Did you mention some Google things? Like there was a Google event and a video game event? Oh, that- G- GDC, which is a really big um, games convention- in San Francisco, yeah, you're right. I forgot about that one. That one, um, that one got canceled or or delayed. I don't recall. And uh, E3, there's a lot of rumblings about like what's going on with E3 actually this year. Uh, a lot of developers. And when are, is that? Do you know? Uh, E3 is. Do you know when E3 is? It's usually in June, I believe. But oh, June 9th. I just looked it up. So yeah, that, that's a little closer than VidCon. Yeah, and I think that a bunch of I mean, I'm pretty sure GDC specifically was canceled because Japanese developers weren't going to go. They were like, yeah, we're not. Okay. We're not coming from Japan to San Francisco. And I I imagine that E3 is facing a similar thing where, you know, the Japanese developers are just not – I mean, Sony already hasn't been involved in E3 and they're not going again this year. But um, there were some other big devs that that pulled out of that. So – Look, PAX East just did fine. You know – yeah, PAX East was in Boston about a week ago, mm-hmm. and the only plague that seemed to happen there was Ricky Berwick crawling around <laughs> and, and like screwing with people. Yeah, Ricky Berwick terrorizing the Animal Crossing uh, set. <laughs> Did you see that yeah. video? <laughs> yeah, it's like Ricky Berwick is like terrorizing this this really really cute Animal Crossing set that they have and like women and children are like yelling in the background like be careful (laughs) if if a city as large as boston can survive the virus that is ricky berwick then i think all of these events can survive 
Yeah. Well, look, they yeah they 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 pulled that off, and um, I don't think there are any cases in Massachusetts that I know of as of right now. So it's you know maybe Ricky's the antidote. Maybe that's where the science is headed. Here is that he's the only one who can clean up this virus, and the way forward, the cure here is to like airdrop Ricky in in the hot spots of this virus and let him go around terrorizing everybody and in the process <laughs> it'll just wipe out the virus yeah. that's the fan fiction that's a vidcon fan fiction i want to read there's something in his saliva and he's just is licking everything <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that can save humanity is ricky's tongue <laughs> i think that's accurate <laughs> We need to we need to move in, you know, move into the questions and stuff like that. But the last thing here is if VidCon is canceled, if that happens, uh, do you think there are going to be other pop-up events where people put it together themselves? Is that the kind of thing you'd go to where it is? You know, we saw we saw uh, Justin Wang tweet like, hey, I'll probably go and hang out anyway, because that's what I would do during VidCon. So I don't need the official event to happen. Um, you think that's going to happen is that there are going to be a bunch of like amateur mini cons, de facto cons <laughs> that, that sprout up. Absolutely. I do think so. I think for the people who are going to go anyway and don't even go to the convention, like why would it being canceled alter that, you know, as long as, um, again, <laughs> as long as it hasn't turned into this thing where, you know, airlines are shut down and I don't know. Who knows? But ultimately, I think if things stay where they are today, where it, this thing is like reasonably isolated, then sure, I think even if they cancel VidCon, plenty of people still go just to hang out. I hope it's not canceled. I hope the whole thing – obviously, I hope the whole thing resolves anyway and that a month from now, you know, the numbers are going down and uh, there's no issue anymore and it's easy to buy toilet paper and paper towels again and – Nobody's overwhelmed and just life continues as normal. I hope that happens. But if for some reason it doesn't, uh, I think there are going to be a bunch of bunch of those bunch of those gatherings of people having a good time. Um, and, you know, we will endure. And at some point, uh, at some point, there will be another, you know, big gathering, whether it's a couple months down the line or uh, it's terrible because I know how many people look so forward to this. All year long, you know, like a week after VidCon ends, people start talking about who's going to the next one. Uh, if we have to skip a year, I mean, it's not the end of the world. It just sucks badly. Uh, but that's an opportunity for many events to, to kind of flourish. So maybe that's what we need anyway. Yeah, someplace cheaper than Anaheim, too. Like, how about that? <laughs> like, yeah. like, how yeah, about if, nice. if it is canceled, we still get together, but it's not in Anaheim. It's someplace that like dr dramatically reduces the cost for everybody to go to. Yeah, even Vegas, which uh, conventions in Vegas are a much bigger th thing than they used to be. The city has put a lot of effort into encouraging uh, convention traffic, right? The, the stats are actually staggering on how many people attended in 29 for conventions, or came to the city for conventions that compared to 2018. Um, but even then, uh, unless it's like CES, which is just... It really overtakes the tourism industry in Las Vegas. As long as it's smaller than like 
CES and uh, rodeo is huge too, believe it or not. The rodeo event is, is pretty big. NASCAR as well. So many people come for that. Uh, but it's still pretty cheap. You know, it's it's like half the price to stay compared to those prices in Anaheim. Um, it, it would make life tough for the, uh, the you know, the 12-year-olds and, and the nine-year-old army. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, we got pluses and minuses. But since... Uh, well, we have a couple updates too. We got a little, we got a little piece of merch this week that was kind of a surprise thing, and it's amazing. Do we say what it is, or do we do we say follow the Patreon to see what it is? Because everybody in the dumpster crew on up is going to get this. Yeah, let's uh, I, I, let's just say the word uh, hologram. Can we say that word? Yeah, that's good. I think let's that's, just that's... throw hologram out there. Because if I mean, obviously, you're familiar with the TCU aesthetic. Um, we yeah. we kind of fell backwards into this hologram business, and uh, we pulled the trigger, and it turned out so freaking cool. And um, yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. We're both really excited about it, and yeah, everybody in the dumpster crew is going to get this. So if you're not in the dumpster crew yet, you need to join. If you are, you don't need to do anything. You just need to wait by the mailbox. That's right. That's right. Uh, and obviously infantry and baby gang, uh, et cetera, you know, we'll get this as well. Yeah. Um, we're, you know, we're going to have a, we're going to have a pretty good update on shirt stuff pretty soon. So things are moving and shaking. And again, you can follow on the Patreon without, without subscribing and becoming a patron. Like you can, you can see all the updates and all that stuff. You go to the same page, patreon.com slash the create unknown. Um, you can follow along even if you don't want to become a patron now or ever. So it's a place to follow our stuff. Uh, do that, do that. It's a good thing. It'll be a good thing for you. Um, but we've, we've talked about serious stuff today. Uh, that means we need to start with a serious question from the baby gang. Okay. Okay. Uh, Boromir, who is our most recent baby gang member, he's the newest. As far as babies go, he's, he's the freshest he's the baby fetusist. in the gang. He's the freshest baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he has been around for a long time. Um, just just newly newly birthed in the gang. Uh, he wants to know, pee-pee, poo-poo? <laughs> <laughs> that is a serious question. Wow. I didn't know we were going to go- It is a serious question. Straight to that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I want to know how you handle it. Yeah. I think, I think definitely. I definitely think pee-pee, poo-poo. But, you know, I'm going to say that um, always bring the hand sanitizer and the, and the, uh, the Lysol wipes and, uh, and you're good to go. I think so. And between the two, if, if you want to break this down into PP with the implication of or poo-poo, I would have to go with PP. Urine is sterile, right? Bad things can be transmitted through urine, but compared to what can be transmitted through the poo-poo... I think PP is a much safer option at this point in time. Hey, do you know Gwyneth Paltrow's like goop stuff? Does she drink? Yeah. Does oh, she drink it, pee? Is that part of it? Cause I just kind of assume that like she'd be a pee drinker. I've read stuff about that about about the people who do this. I I try to avoid her stuff. I mean, we should ask Doctor Klein because I assume that he's the head researcher at the <laughs> goop lab, given his medical expertise. Um, but yeah, I don't, th I don't think they've gone that far. They, not yet. I mean, they do the weird stuff like the, um, you know, bodily fluid smelling candles and whatever, and like jade eggs to put in different places. 
Why would you want a candle well, that smells like a bodily fluid? Like you already make that smell. Why do you also need like an external mechanism to smell that smell? It seems to, like the point to me of like a scented candle is to smell something that you don't <laughs> create yourself. <laughs> I The whole thing puzzles me. I don't know why so many people take it seriously because, you know, like I like frivolous stuff. I mean, like almost 100% of, of what I am interested in and consume like outside of work is completely idiotic. Like my life is a life of stupid. Okay. And I love that. Um, <laughs> I like lowbrow things. I like, you know, my, my favorite book series from the last 10 years is, is written for like 11 year olds. It's the warrior series where it's about cats that like four clans of cats that live in the woods and like have, you know, kind of at war with each other. Um, you know, but, but this is not high literature. It, it's not you know, Dostoevsky. Um, I like dumb things. I like simple things. I'm a simpleton. But I don't know why people watch that show on Netflix. I haven't seen an episode, to, so I'll say straight up that I don't know what I'm commenting on. The Goop Lab thing oh, on Netflix. Uh, Brady Heron actually had a, I believe, a physics professor react to that, and I haven't watched it yet, but I, I'm very uh, interested to do so. I think it might be on his 60 Symbols channel. Um but yeah, we that popped so in, much my, in my feed and I really want to see that. We put so much time and effort into, into accuracy and getting things right and never cutting factual corners or never making any assumptions on anything. Or phrasing Think things how, in, in, or, for, or, or phrasing things in a way that could be misinterpreted. Yeah, yeah. It's like all we do all week. That's the – yeah, for years now. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I look at something like – you know, goop lab, poop lab, whatever. And, and just think like, Oh, who likes this? But, uh, we actually, we actually got a lot of mileage out of pee pee poo poo. Didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was a great so question. Thank you, Boromir. Yeah, that <laughs> was, um, the, the next one is from Andrew, which, which by the way, Andrew had some exciting news the other day that involves a small airplane. And I hope that, that as time goes on, uh, we can, we can we can talk to him about that because it's uh, like give an update because it's just the coolest thing. It's the coolest thing, uh, and you know that's what the baby gang chat stuff is like is is talking about very interesting things with interesting people. We're really blessed that everybody in there is just cool to talk to. <laughs> you know, like everybody's doing something. Bunch of cool babies, uh, and it's like babies it with is sunglasses. Bunch of cool babies. Yes, very much, very much like that. Um, but, but Andrews was a practical question that really, really matters. And he said, do you think people who start YouTube spend more or less time editing or uh, vice versa? Like, how does that change as people get more popular? And this is, I'm going to throw it to you before I, you know, officially do that. I hear more people talk about editing, like beginning YouTubers and people who want to make their first video even. They talk and stress more about editing than anything else. And and I wanted to, along with, with Andrew, know your perspective on, on that editing focus. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I edited every single video. I edited, edited hundreds and hundreds of videos myself, I don't know, for like eight years. And then last year, um, I just kind of couldn't do it anymore. You know, after so many years of doing it myself and – 
and also the kind of the types of videos I started making on Vsauce 2 were so research heavy and so meticulous that going through the process of pre-production and then production and then post-production, it just was too much for me, honestly. So like I started working with uh, an editor, you know, last year and, and now I've only edited my own uh, probably three videos in the last year. Um, I've edited myself just for one reason or another. Um, yeah. Sometimes the editor has stuff to do or yeah. sick or something like, yeah, they're busy it. and I have a deadline, so I'll edit it myself. But, um, ultimately it came down to needing to give something up because yeah, literally doing every single step of the process for so many years was, I couldn't, I just couldn't do that anymore. And you know what? We talked to iDubs about this last year. And he very specifically was like, I love editing. I, I, you know, I hear from other YouTubers that like, they tell me I need to get an editor, but I really like editing. Well, <laughs> like just a few months ago, he was looking for an editor. So like, let me tell you, yeah. like everybody at some point, every YouTuber, I think gets to a point where they're like, you know what? I really need somebody else to, to take the reins on this. The only one who we've talked to or who I've talked to privately who I think is never going to do this, or at least has the best chance of never stopping on editing, is Justine. I, Justine. You remember talking to her and, and her just saying, like, yeah, I've been editing my videos since I was doing kind of Apple fangirl stuff, <laughs> you know, a million years ago before YouTube. And she still edits her own stuff. She doesn't seem to be burned out by it. Um, she seems to like that. And... I, I think she will continue to edit her videos. I mean, she's been doing it a long time. She tried to have an editor and, and it didn't work out and she didn't like the process. Yeah. She didn't like, I guess, dealing with their edits and training them and blah, 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 blah. It seemed ultimately, ultimately like for her, she did try to give it up and she didn't like that, how that played out and just kind of took it back. Yeah. In 2042, uh, I Justine's videos, which she also will have evolved into something that's still working because that's what she does is, is just like pivots into something new that, that works. So I don't know what it will be, but she will be in that new spot like 20, 25 years from now and still editing her videos. Yeah. She's, Other than her. She's going to be like in, in the actual holodeck from Star Trek, the next generation, <laughs> 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 making videos about that, about like different programs in the holodeck. Yeah. I do. I do think it changes for most people. Like you just said that they get more responsibilities. They have more stuff to do. Uh, it gets tiresome for a lot of people. Some actually have a physical problem. I mean, um, you know, I was talking to, uh, a guy we know, uh, from some work stuff and he's a young guy, I'd say like 23 ish, 24. And he's an artist, uh, does a lot of digital stuff. He's very, very good. And he makes good money doing digital, digital media work. Uh, and he just has carpal tunnel type problems. Like, what are you going to do? You can't, you cannot grind out everything that requires a mouse uh, 12 hours a day for the rest of your life and expect every one of your physical parts to be working properly. You know, we've talked about how eyes get affected, mm -hmm. you know, eyesight, like these simple, practical, lame things that are just like physical reality get in the way. And so if, if it doesn't come in mentally with burnout and boredom, 
uh, or not being able to keep up with skills. Cause like you can just look at a video from five years ago, look at your old videos compared to videos now. Yeah. Editing equipment, all of it is radically different. That's hard to keep up with. So there are all sorts of reasons why, why I think the longer you go, editing probably becomes more of somebody else's thing. Yeah. And this happens with chefs. The same exact process chefs? happens with chefs. Yeah. Like most food sh- chefs, like C-H-E-F chef. Yeah. Like in like prominent okay. and like good restaurants. Okay. Like an executive chef or whatever, like a chef will grind on the line for like 20 years or whatever, but eventually they will graduate to just creating the menu and then like expediting. Like they're not going to slave over that stove when they're like, for the most part, when they're like 60 years old, when instead they can hire somebody else to slave over the stove, cook their recipes, and then they yeah. just expedite the food, which is the person that like makes sure that uh, tickets are fired at the appropriate time so that like, you know, the appetizers come out first and then the entrees and then like all the entrees for one table come out at the same time. Like that's what the expediter yeah. does. So they go from being on the line and grinding to the person who's kind of managing that process instead. And, and to me, that's like a pretty similar uh, analogy. You become you become the the CEO yeah. for, for like lack of a, a, a more appropriate title. Yeah. Um, that makes a lot of sense. That's actually a, a really good analogy. The last one that we've got to – we want to exit with this and, and I've been pushing this one down the list. It's not like we suppress babies here. We don't suppress the curiosity <laughs> of babies, the, the inquisitiveness of babies. We celebrate that. However, every once in a while we get a question that, that we really just shouldn't answer. And because we shouldn't answer, that's why I'm going to pose it to you, Kevin. <laughs> Great. Uh, so I'm actually going to edit this question um, uh, because the actual one I'm just not going to do. I refuse. And I think you probably triple refuse. Uh, but if you had to choose between two emojis and it was the peach or the coconut, which would you choose? Oh, this is my interpretation of, of baby gang. James's question, peach or coconut. Oh, 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 <laughs> it's like eggplant or ear of corn, <laughs> which is <laughs> eggplant or ear of corn. I don't know. I, 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 I plead the fifth. Is to, there even an ear of corn to, to emoji all, on to, any platform at all? Um, I don't know. I'm not, I, I don't really know much about emojis. I don't really use them. And, uh, I'm not in the business of answering these questions. <laughs> it's not part of my job description. <laughs> I will say that I think I do think the peach emoji, like just in terms of pure aesthetics, emoji aesthetics, I think it's awesome. There are a couple emojis that just nail being a really cool looking little thing. And I think that's why the eggplant has taken off as it has. Yeah, but why um, does the peach emoji really like have a butt strike. crack? Like peaches don't have cracks in them do they i mean i don't really eat peaches but aren't they just like round yeah, they do do they, they no they, they have a yeah they have it's not like super pronounced but it's pretty pretty close to the emoji it is okay see i'm, yeah, a, I'm allergic yeah, like to peaches a, a i don't eat peaches 
So why are you buying gallon cans of peaches to prep for the apocalypse? I'm not. <laughs> somebody uh, somebody else's. <laughs> that was just the first thing that came into my mind as like an odd thing to to save up. So odd in so fact I think that, that I, never means, would, I would never buy it. I, I think that means you would have to go for coconut. I'm also allergic to oh. coconuts though. To coconut. Are you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like if, if there's wow, like a dessert so, with coconut flakes on it, ugh, it irritates my throat so badly. So this is basically attempted murder by James. James is trying to kill you. He mm-hmm. poses a question that he knows we can't answer and will not answer. Mm-hmm. He does also know that we're going to try to take a creative spin on it and turn it into something like peaches or coconuts, mm-hmm. both of which you are, are allergic to. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, both of which will likely close my throat and then I can't do my job anymore. So, um, wow. thanks a lot. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Although I've always, I've always, whenever I tell people about my very stupid and, and, uh, nonsensical fruit allergies, no one ever understands it. And I don't understand it. Yeah. I don't know a whole lot of people who are allergic to fruits. Um, I mean, I, I'm sure they exist, uh, but it's always, you know, some vegetable kind of thing or a nut. Um, or shellfish. You know, That's a popular one. Yeah, shellfish. But like right. I can eat I, cooked apples, but I, like a raw apple, I can't eat that. Huh. That's weird. Yeah, I was going to say pork too. Like I brought this up a lot because half of my family is severely allergic to pork. And it took a long time to figure out why. The research on this is actually fairly recent, like last five years. Um, Some people have an allergy to uncured pork that changes, uh, kind of changes their blood cells in, in the short term. Oh my God. It's, it's the strangest thing. So like for years, I thought it was weird because, you know, my mom would say, um, you know, I can have pepperoni because that's cured. I can have salami or, uh, you know, I can have bacon because, again, that's cured. But she couldn't eat ham. Uh, and I, th- I thought it was kind of a kooky thing. And whatever incident happened was before I was born. So I never witnessed, uh, never witnessed what actually happens with this allergy. Um, and I thought, well, I'm going to get to the bottom of this and, and did, uh, and found, yeah, just found this explanation that, um, that uncured uh, pork can put people in a very bad spot where they uh, throw up, pass out, you know, to the the point of being like, you know, comatose. Um, and it's extremely rare, but it happens. It can develop later in life. And it's happened with both of my brothers where they have this pork allergy that appeared uh, when they were like 40 or older than 40. And it terrifies me, Kevin. Oh, it terrifies no. terrifies me. It's coming. <laughs> like, it's coming. The pro- the prospect of a baconless life. Because even though the cured things aren't so much of a problem, they don't chance it. Like, it's not worth, you know, playing meat roulette. Is yeah. It? Yeah. Bacon coma. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so they kind of have to cut all of that stuff out. And I look at it and just think, why would I get out of bed in the morning if pork is taken away from me? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But hopefully in 2078 on my deathbed, somebody solves uh, Kevin's allergy to like raw fruit. <laughs> <laughs> to, to peaches and coconuts. Yeah. That's what will happen when both of these things get cured. That is when when we will when you will actually answer James's question. Yeah. So James, 
gets your team of researchers together to find a cure for this man's affliction. Yes. And and you'll get your real answer to peaches or coconut. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right, everyone. Uh, we will speak with you very, very soon. We'll, we'll see you in the Discord. And, uh, and look out again for a very special holographic treat coming in the mail for everyone in the Dumpster Crew and up uh, in our Patreon. Patreon.com slash TheCreateUnknown. Until then, we will see you, Space Cowboys. Make sure to follow us over at Patreon.com slash TheCreateUnknown. You can just follow the post for free. You can join the baby gang or the infantry. That'll get you a free, amazingly soft shirt in the next few weeks and personalized Create Unknown business cards crediting you as an associate producer of the show. You can get in the dumpster crew for snail mail packages and early access to episodes or become a $2 top to support the show and hop in our live streams. And again, 100% of all Patreon donations go into producing this show and back into the Create Unknown community. Except for uh, what Kevin takes out to buy Teletubby memorabilia on eBay, he really likes Tinky Winky. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't know I'm telling you this, but it's an addiction, and we're really trying to deal with it the best we can. Patreon.com/slash/TheCreateUnknown. The links in the description. We'd like to thank everybody who we talk to every single day in the Discord, and especially the patrons who make this show happen. Thanks to our editor, Marcus Allen, and to associate producers, Jeff Davis, Isaac Teal, Trev's Dead, James Gallagher, Spencer Braithwaite, Andrew Stimson, Keaton Sample, Boromir Schiffer, Sean Malone, Jen Mafasanti, Kevin with an E, Menard, Monahim, and Fraken. And also to baby wrangling super producer, Ben Webster. Thanks also to Paula Lieber and the stunningly gorgeous Mo Lewitt, and to our very generous sponsor of every episode, Eagle Brand Sardines. The Create Unknown is a production of Unknown Media.